Hello, this is Pastor Brian Owens from Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. And once again, it is difficult for us to meet together as a body of believers. I know this is a trying time for many, but we are going to get through this. Uh, we are listening to the governing authorities who are directing uh, the circumstances in our community for, the, for our well good. This is nothing that we cannot overcome as a church. Matter of fact, I see this season in the month of April of 2020 as a time where God's people will shine the light of Christ in a way that we've not seen in this way before. So my encouragement to you is at this time where you are at home listening to this sermon, teaching your children, loving your family, I pray that you would use this time to focus more intently on the scriptures, use this time for more focused prayer, and I pray that God will bless your family at this time. Today is Palm Sunday. It's an amazing time of the Christian calendar where when we see in scripture Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, rides into Jerusalem toward the end of his three-year ministry. This was the culmination of the proclamations of all the prophets of old that the king would come. Even John the Baptist, the last of the prophets, who heralded the coming of the Messiah, pointed to the fact that the king was coming. Now the king has arrived. The significance of this day is that this is the beginning of the last week of Jesus' life. And what a wonderful week it was. If you will turn with me in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, please. Let us read this wonderful account of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what, the, what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from, the Naz from Nazareth of Galilee. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for the glory of your word. And Lord, I pray that you would cause us as we hear this wonderful story to see the glory of your kingdom at work. Lord, I pray that you would stir within us a reaction to Christ as the crowds were reacting to him on the road leading into Jerusalem. I pray, God, that you would cause us to celebrate at the end of a long journey. Father, please speak this morning to
to those who are listening to this word. I pray, Father, for your blessing on their homes. I pray for your blessing on their souls. I pray, God, that you would open up their minds to hear what is happening in this text. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Palm Sunday has been traditionally a time in the church where the church pauses and begins the, uh, the, the seven days of remembrance of Christ's final life, days on this earth. His life was coming to an end, and Jesus approaching Jerusalem, following his ministry in Galilee, he comes to Jerusalem to fulfill the prophecies that the Messiah has come. Jerusalem was the city of kings, and it was Christ, Jesus himself, who was coming, rightly so. What we see here in this text are a couple of things that I hope will give you comfort during this time of isolation, this time of uncertainty about tomorrow. It seems like whenever we come into a a season of discontent, a season of worry, a season of unknown, it becomes a journey for us that the Lord will use to teach us how to trust Him. And then on the other side of this season is always for the Christian a season of joy and celebration. And that's what I think we see here in this story of uh, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem that we now call Palm Sunday. Let's take a look and see what's happening. We see here in Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 1, that when Jesus and his disciples were coming close to Jerusalem, they they stopped at a small village outside of the city of Jerusalem called Bethpage um, near the Mount of Olives. And Jesus looked at two of his disciples and he tells them to go do something. He says, go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. Now, it's interesting here that Jesus is sending his, uh, his disciples, two of his people, to go into a village and just borrow or ask for the use of a couple of animals here. Now, Matthew's gospel is uh, the only gospel that indicates that there were two animals. There was a donkey, uh, perhaps a mother, and the colt with her. The other gospels, Mark, Luke, and John, only refer to one animal. But we can see here that it is confirmed in Zechariah's prophecy, Zechariah chapter 9, that there were two animals. I don't think that's a significant thing that we need to be belaboring or worried about. Was there one donkey or was there two? That's irrelevant. What's important here is that Jesus sends two of his disciples to go and do something for the glory of the kingdom. Now, I want you to notice here what the disciples do. They go immediately and they do what their Savior asked them to do. Jesus tells them in Matthew 21, verse 3, If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. So he, Jesus even gives them words of power, words of encouragement, words of authority, that if you go and you ask to use these animals, and if anyone questions you, you tell them that it is the Lord who needs them. That is clear monarchy uh, language, that if anyone who was being sent by any earthly king was being sent to take or borrow animals for the use of the king. That would be the type of response that they would give, and no one would question it. Now, we have to be careful here and not look into this text uh, too much and, and 
think that it is Jesus who gives us words of power. That's not the point of the passage. The point of the passage is obedience. The point of the passage is that the disciples of Jesus go and do what Jesus asked them to do. And they did so willingly. And they go into a, into a circumstance where they go and they, they take some animals for the use of the king in a way that, you know, anybody else probably would have gotten arrested. Think about it. If you just go and you, you find some animals tied up and you untie them and take them for your own, somebody could, uh, instead of asking what you're doing, say, just, just cry out, there's thieves, there's thieves. So this, you know, there was a little bit of, of, of danger here that what Jesus was asking them to do, but he gives them encouragement, go and do and tell them that the Lord needs this. And so they go and they take care of what Jesus asked them to do. Now, all of this, according to Matthew's gospel, was something that was necessary to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. Look here in verses 4 and 5. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophets, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Now, where does this come from? This comes from uh, Zechariah's prophecy. If you have your Bible, turn over to Zechariah's prophecy. It's just a few pages to the left of Matthew's gospel. And we look in Zechariah's prophecy here in chapter 9 as, Jesus, as God himself is telling uh, the prophet Zechariah to, to tell the people that it is God himself who judges the enemies, that it is God himself who will provide a king. We look here in Zechariah chapter 9, uh, beginning in verse 9. This is what Matthew's gospel quotes. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And as for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. This is what Zechariah's prophecy declared would happen. And it was Jesus who understood this prophecy and knew that all of the crowds around Jerusalem would have been familiar with this prophecy. And as Jesus was approaching Jerusalem, he comes in a very intentional manner in such a way as to fulfill the prophecy of Zechariah. He does this to really prove the point that he was the king of the heavenly kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is now at hand, and the king of that kingdom, Jesus Christ himself, has now arrived in the city of Jerusalem, the city of kings. But what is it that Jesus is bringing here? This is what we see in Zechariah's prophecy. We see this in Matthew's gospel, that Jesus the king who comes is not coming as a conquering king over the people to, to rule over them with a thumb of dictatorship. He's coming to liberate them. He is the liberating king who's coming to the Jerusalem to bring salvation. Salvation from what? Clearly, from salvation of sin. The, the burden of sin that we are under as human beings because of our rebellion against God Almighty is something that needs to be liberated. And it can only be liberated through Jesus Christ himself. So this king comes as a conquering king over a spiritual warfare. Behold, your salvation comes, says Isaiah chapter 62. 
And Zechariah's prophecy reminds us, Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he. So the, the, the triumphal entry was a proclamation that salvation is now here. Wow. Now think about this. Leading up until this time, the, the people of Israel would have had generations and generations of understanding and experience of being uh, occupied people, of being people oppressed by their enemies, of being people trapped in, in, in situations that they could not break free from. Does that sound very familiar to you? Does that sound familiar to you? Perhaps you are wrestling with uh, an addiction of some kind, whether it be uh, drugs, whether it be alcohol, whether it be pornography, whether it be anything that consumes your attitudes and consumes your choices. That is an addiction that is a prison. Sin does that. Sin drives us into a prison. It drives us into a place that we can't break free from. We feel like there's no hope. But Jesus here comes and he says, I'm the king who's bringing you salvation, who's going to free you from all of this. How else can we see this in our current situation? Many of you may be sitting at home and you're going stir crazy. Maybe some of you have lost your jobs. Maybe some of you have actually been dealing with some illness and some sickness. Maybe you feel like there's no hope. You feel trapped. Can you relate to what's happening here? Can you relate to the fact that you are in a situation where you're, you're looking for hope, you're looking for the, the other side of this prison time? Can you imagine what it would be like if you were set free? <laughs> Can you imagine what it's going to be like when all of this quarantine situation is over with in our community and in our country? Can you imagine what, the, what everyone's going to be like when they're set free and they can go and do what they need to do and they can go and be with people they want to be with? Can you imagine the celebration that's going to happen when all this is over? <laughs> I think we can see here in this passage of Matthew 21, as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, I think we can take hope and encouragement that this is what it's going to be like. We are going to see the king coming. He's going to save us from the prison that we're in. He's going to save us from our circumstances. He's going to liberate us from the trappings of sin. Wow. You see, the prophets of old were looking to this day. The prophets of old gave advance warning that the Messiah was coming and that the Messiah, when he comes, he would liberate us. He would be our Savior. And now Jesus is here. He's very intentional here in his approach to Jerusalem. He's very intentional in his discussion and his orders to his disciples. And there's something big here that Jesus is wanting to say. There's a message here that he is proclaiming. And so let's take a look here at what Jesus is saying. Look here at verse 7. Matthew 21, verse 7. Talking about the disciples as they go and do what Jesus has directed them to do. Verse 7. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks. And he, being Jesus, sat on them. They bring this donkey and this colt. Now, it's interesting here, what, a, a, a mighty king as a, who would come to a city, an earthly king, a monarch, who would come to a city to proclaim his arrival, would oftentimes come to the outskirts of the city and go and requisition for himself from the nearby people a horse of some kind, the grandest horse that they could find, and he would ride that into the city. Likewise, what Jesus is doing here, he is borrowing from the neighboring villages the village of Bethpage, and he's having the disciples bring a donkey and a colt. 
Not a very grand beast to ride on. It'd be about like if, if we had a choice between uh, riding in a, uh, in a Mercedes versus riding a small Chevy uh, hatchback, a Chevy Aveo. Jesus chose the lesser of the grand. He chose the lesser of the opportunities to, drive, uh, to walk into, to ride into Jerusalem. Now, Jesus could have clearly finished this journey as he was walking into Jerusalem from the outskirts. He could have finished walking. It wasn't that Jesus was tired, but he wanted to make a statement. And so these disciples in verse 7, they bring a donkey and a colt to him. Now, think about this. If you were an earthly king, there would have, there would have been grand uh, saddles to place on the horse. You would have uh, put probably draped the horse in, in grand, uh, elaborate cloth. But all that the disciples had was the very coats that they were wearing. This was a sign of poverty. This was a sign of, of humility. And Jesus, being the king that he is, is there for the poorest of the poor. He's there for the most outcast, the most downtrodden. He's not there to, to promote his own ego. He's there for the people. And so the imagery here of the disciples putting cloaks, their jackets, their very clothes that they had on their backs upon the, the back of this donkey and the colt indicates humility. The other thing that we can see here is that these cloaks were actually, it's all they had. You know, they come into Jerusalem with little preparation for what Jesus is wanting to do. They did not prepare in advance some grand entrance. As they come to the village of Bethpage just outside of the city gates, all they had was the clothes on their back. And so that's what they used to give honor to the king. Now, what does this look like? This, this is reminiscent of a, another king in, in the book of 2 Kings and how he was anointed and, and ushered into the monarchy, if you will, Turn to 2 Kings chapter 9. 2 Kings chapter 9. We see the anointing of Jehu as the king who would replace King Ahab. 2 Kings chapter 9, beginning in verse 11. We see here what it, what's transpiring is that King Ahab and his family were coming to the end of their monarchy. God said enough, and Elisha the prophet sends one of his, uh, one of his disciples to find um, Jehu, who was a general in the Israeli army. Jehu would have been uh, somebody who would have understood uh, combat. He would have understood how to lead. He was a great leader. And so this young man, this young servant of the prophet Elisha finds him, and he takes him out of a meeting, probably a military planning session, and takes him into a side room, and he does what, what the prophet Elisha tells him to do. He takes oil and he anoints Jehu right there, just between these two men and the Lord God Almighty. And he is anointed, and this servant of Elisha tells him that he is now anointed king over Israel. Beginning... Here in verse 11 of 2 Kings chapter 9, we see what happens next. When Jehu came out to the servants of his master, they said to him, Is all well? Why did this mad fellow come to you? And he said to them, You know the fellow in his talk, just kind of trying to brush it off. And in verse 12, And they said, That is not true. Tell us now. 
And he being Jehu said, Thus and so he spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I anoint you king over Israel. Look here what happens in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 13. Then, then in haste every man of them took his garment and put it under him on the bare steps, and they blew the trumpet and proclaimed, Jehu is king. So Jehu the king was anointed king, and his people reacted in a way that was they didn't have time to prepare. It was a sudden announcement, and all they had were the coats on their backs, and they laid it down on the bare steps on the ground as Jehu was walking out, declaring, here is the king. That's exactly what's happening in Matthew's gospel as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. The disciples are there to proclaim wonderful things that the king was here. Look here at Matthew 21, verse 8. Here's what the crowds did. Most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, what is the significance here of the crowd's reaction and Jesus as he's coming in? Number one, the, the, the coats themselves, the cloaks actually represented something. These coats of, of garment, the, the people taking their jackets off, their cloaks that they were wearing, and laying them down on the ground for the king is actually a sign of submission. As someone does this, this would have been a, a sign of reverence. I submit to you, you are honored and so the cloaks were a sign of submission. Secondly, the palm branches from the trees in Matthew 21, verse 8, as the people were spreading them on the road. Number one, the palm branches were at hand. They were ready. The crowds were not ready for the arrival of Jesus the King, so they took, they took advantage of what they could find. And what better uh, symbol of their national pride but the palm branches? So the cloaks of the people off their back showed submission. The palm branches actually showed national pride in the people of Israel. And so they were spreading this all around. As Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, the crowds, is, the crowds are recognizing Jesus and his monarchy and his authority. But notice what happens as Jesus comes into Jerusalem here in Matthew 21, verse 10. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? <laughs> And the crowds from outside who follow him in say this in verse 11, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. We see two different kinds of receptions here for Jesus as he comes in. The first kind we see in verse 9, the people outside of Jerusalem, the probably many crowds who were hearing that Jesus was on his way were, were showing up and they were singing praises. They went before Jesus and they followed him into the city. The second group of people in verse 10 are people who were inside the city who did not see what was going on outside. And as Jesus is coming into the gates of the city, they're turning around going, what's happening here? Who is this? They were not prepared. So who are you? Are you the people who are praising the coming of the king this week? Are you in an attitude of anxiety and excitement and preparation looking for the hope of the end of this season? Are you someone who is looking forward with hope to the Savior who's going to rescue us at the end of our trials? Or are you the second kind of people who whenever 
you're not really prepared, you're not looking, you're just kind of got your head down and you're thinking, oh no, oh, it's me, this, this season of the coronavirus will never end. <laughs> no, your reaction to Jesus coming in is going to be, you're going to be startled. You're going to be looking up from your navel gazing, if you want to use that term, and look around and say, now who is this coming in? And not really be prepared, be questioning the outcome. So who are you? Are you people who are going to praise <laughs> the coming of the king? Are you going to celebrate? Are you going to be somebody who is stirred up, as Matthew 21, verse 10 says? Stirred up. That's, that's language of being uh, caught off guard. Isaiah chapter 62, verse 12 tells us, You shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, the sought out, a city not forsaken. What message can we take this Palm Sunday, this Lord's Day, as we celebrate the arrival of Jesus into Jerusalem before His trial, His crucifixion, and His resurrection from the dead. Are you looking for that? Are you looking for hope and rescue from whatever prison you find yourself in right now? Today is a day of celebration. The King has arrived. The kingdom of heaven is now. What kind of person are you going to be in response to that? Are you going to be in praise? Or are you going to be stirred up and doubtful? What? Don't bother me. Which one are you going to be? Let me close this in prayer. Father God Almighty, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And dear God, I thank you for the salvation that your son Jesus Christ brings. Today being the day we call Palm Sunday... It's a day that we remember Christ's triumphal entry into the kingdom, <laughs> into Jerusalem. The kingdom is now here. Jesus is taking charge in his rightful place, but it's not what people thought. It was something much greater. It was salvation from the sin that is trapping us. Dear Father, I pray for your mercy on us. I pray for your love on us. Please keep us safe during this season. Lead us into a hope and a celebration on the other side. May we be those singing Hosanna and praise to the highest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from the Word of God. Here at Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, we are here to help our community to be the light of Christ to all in this area. Please take hope and comfort in the fact that this season that we're in is temporary. It will come to an end. And when it does, Jesus Christ will be glorified. At Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, we will open our doors to public worship every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. To find out more about our church, please visit our website, SovereignGraceBaptist.org. May God bless you and may He keep you safe.